Hey everyone! You ever wonder what's up with the latest diet craze? Curious about how food and exercise work together? Then this is where you need to be! Really Truly Fit is dishing out the latest scoop on today's hottest fitness and nutrition topics. Leading this effort is Jim White, world-renowned ACSM exercise physiologist, registered dietitian, and owner of Jim White Fitness and Nutrition Studios. Jim and his guests are going to cover everything from weight loss and debunking diet myths to fitness trends and finding balance. And then you'll be on your way to getting really, truly fit. And now, here's Jim. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Really Truly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Jim White. If you're listening for the first time, you can check out our latest shows at jimwhitefit.com, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or by using the hashtag Really Truly Fit. So we have a great show for you today. I know last week we talked about hair health. This week we're going to talk along the same lines, talking about skin health. I mean, the skincare industry is estimated to reach $131 billion by 2019. All of us, I know, are looking for the fountain of youth. In fact, I, I just started taking care of my skin, I'd say, about 10 years ago, and it's really important to me. And I, I know it's something not only for skin cancer prevention, but just the looking and feeling good. So to shed some light on the tips and tricks to keeping your skin looking young, I wanted to welcome Kim Soderberg to the show. She's the owner of Coastal Dermatology. She's a board-certified dermatologist who specializes in a broad range of diseases for the skin, hair, and nails. She obtained her master's in human anatomy and her degree in medicine at the Medical College of Virginia. During her doctoral studies, she became first interested in the field of dermatology following an internship in internal medicine and residency in dermatology at the University of Arkansas. So I want to welcome Dr. Soderberg to the show. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, this is such a timely conversation. As you can see, the industry is just booming. Everyone is, is taking care wants their skin to look good. So I wanted to just on a personal level, I want to know what got you into dermatology and skin care? Well, I, I just love dermatology. Um, what got me really into it, I guess, initially was the uh, kind of visual diagnosis, the acuity to detail. I've always loved art. Um, what's great about dermatology is just your ability to take care of patients their entire lives. Mm. So we tend to see, you know, the childhood eczema to the teenage acne and finally to the adult skin cancer. So it's great. You really get to be a part of their lives forever. That's awesome. Well, so let's walk through the natural aging process of skin, starting from youth to older age. And I know myself, I broke out a lot when I was a kid. But recently, in the last five years, I don't think I've had one blemish on my skin. And usually that's, that's a good thing, but I don't know. I, I, probably the skin's drying, so that's not too good as your age. <laughs> so talk about you know, each stage of life and how, how the skin process, how it changes. Um, well, it's easiest to break down, I guess, uh, to start off with. There's, there's two different types of aging. We have what's called intrinsic aging, which is just um, aspects of aging that we cannot control. It's based on your uh, genetic makeup or your genes. Um, and then we've got extrinsic aging, which is um, more environment. Uh, it's the development of what's called free radicals, um, which can cause kind of harmful breaks in our strands of DNA. Um, so intrinsic aging, kind of what just happens as we age, uh, we do, you know, as you noted on, we have the, um, we have dehydration of the skin. So we do, we get drier. Um, we do tend to have uh, less acne because those oil glands are kind of decreasing in size and drying up. We get a weathering appearance. Um, we get a slowdown of cell turnover. Um, this is results in kind of a dull, sallow skin. We don't have those nice plump 
uh, skin cells on top of our skin that are young. We tend to have kind of ones that unfortunately are dead and that they just remain there. Um, We also have a breakdown and depletion of collagen and elastin in the dermis. This is our second layer of skin. What this results in is a gauntness or a sagging or a wrinkling appearance. Um, to talk a little bit just about the, the extrinsal, extrinsic aging, um, you know, this is the, the, the part of the aging process that we can control that continues. Um, this is primarily from uh, sun exposure, smoking, uh, environmental pollution, alcohol, and poor nutrition. And it's interesting to find that uh, UV radiation contributes to 80% of that. Wow, that is amazing. So, you know, and I always preach on exercise and nutrition, how important for the skin, but the UV sun exposure is 80 percent of sun damage yes that, that's that's amazing so so what are the, some of the trends in skin health now you know you see when i was in college uh, tanning beds were huge and, and the deep tan skin was actually in the, the darker the better now i'm seeing celebrities going the natural pale look um more than natural look is this are you seeing this and what are some of the trends in 2017 yes i am i am definitely starting to to see us um, kind of love the skin we're in, which is good. <laughs> That's good. Um, some of the trends that we are seeing right now, it's kind of exciting. Uh, one is the tanning industry. Um, California was the first state to, to ban indoor tanning for minors, wow. um, even if they had a parental signature. And we're starting to see other states kind of follow, follow suit. Um, uh, the FDA actually uh, currently is proposing a rule to um, uh, ban tanning um, to until consent. So they're restricting it only to adults age 18 and older. Um, this would also uh, make the tanning uh, industry have um, their adult patients sign consent forms wow. telling them about the risk of cancers, uh, skin cancers. Um, other things that we're starting to kind of see skin trends, uh, 2016, 2017, uh, one is the increased use of essential oils. Um, I am starting to see a lot of cases of contact dermatitis or skin allergy to these essential oils. Um, I've seen several cases of, of allergy to uh, the lavender essential oil over the last several months. Um, a few anti-aging skin trends that we're seeing uh, in the device industry, we're starting to see a pickup of microneedling. Uh, this is an old procedure that's kind of gained a resurgence. Um, it's a non-invasive procedure, very minimal downtime that involves uh, these little micro needles that will uh, make breaks or disruption in the collagen and elastic fibers, and that increase uh, increases then the um, tightness and so effect fights uh, sagging in fine lines mm. with repair. Um, and lastly, we're seeing, um, might even see commercials on this for injectable lipolysis. This is injections um, typically used underneath the chin and the submental chin that will break down or dissolve fat. Wow. So that's amazing. So they're taking fat from other areas of the body and injecting them into the, to the face skin. Is that correct? or uh, No. For injectable lipolysis, what they're using, they're actually using forms of detergent actually that dissolve the fat so it breaks down the fat and makes it go away so you only want to use it in those unwanted areas oh man that's unbelievable and i'm sure that's probably going to be a huge hit so wow that's amazing with the trends now comparative years ago so we're talking about you know fitness nutrition a bit but can you talk about skincare products and walk us through a day of what your average person should do to help 
benefit their skin from over-the-counter products if you went to your local Rite Aid or Walgreens to your products that you can get prescription to looking and feeling uh, good with skin the rest of your life. Okay, so um, I would, you know, kind of start, you wake up in the morning and you you wash your face. Um, This is an area where I always tell patients to save money. Uh, Don't spend a lot of money in your facial cleanser. Um, It doesn't stay on the skin long enough for you to get uh, absorption of a lot of the the chemicals that are in it or, you know, the the promises. Um, If you are going to use um, a uh, cleanser that does have an active ingredient in it, you need to remember to keep it on the skin for about two minutes to let it absorb in there. Hmm. Um, So I recommend a... Uh, typically a what's called a soap-free cleanser. Uh, this is a, a non-irritating cleanser that will remove the the oil and uh, the dirt. It will keep the moisture intact. Um, Over-the-counter, uh, an example of this would be your Cetaphil mm-hmm. um, or your CeraVe product. So uh, I recommend cleansing twice a day, cold water. Uh, following your cleanser, you always want to pat your skin dry before putting uh, anything else on top of it. Um, next, what you would want to do uh, if you um, if you had one readily available is to use an antioxidant. Um, antioxidants that are good to use in the morning would be uh, your vitamin C and your vitamin E products. Uh, I do like to pick a product, and there's several over-the-counter that you can find that have both of these together. Um, they, they work better together, but use that. And then on top of this, this is where I would put my sunscreen. Oh, so I like the, the sunscreen based moisturizers, moisturizers that contain the sunscreens. Um, if you're a woman, you can use a BB cream. You can, you can get kind of an all in one, you know, a tinted moisturizer that has sunscreen, um, moisturization or moisturizers. What you want to look for, um, especially if you do have that dry skin is ones that contain steric acid, which is a, a fatty acid, um, ceramides, and cholesterol, actually. Hmm. Um, at night, I recommend, again, kind of washing your face, removing your makeup, patting dry your skin again. And then at this point in time, I recommend, especially anyone over the age of 30, uh, a form of vitamin A. Uh, you can use this either retinol over the counter or tretinoin, which is a prescription topical. Um, people often call these retinoids. Uh, retinoids, I think, get you closest to your fountain of youth that you were alluding to. It does a little bit for everything. It helps with elasticity, with sagging, with fine lines and wrinkles. Uh, it decreases your risk of skin cancer. It does a little bit in terms of skin lightening. Um, over top of this, I will typically use, again, another antioxidant. Um, I like, you know, kind of my go-to at this point in time is resveratrol. Um, resveratrol is actually the antioxidant made from red wine. Um, so I use that. And then lastly, I'll put on again, your moisturizer. Hmm. So with the retinol, going back to that, is there, cause I, I've read that it can, sun exposure can, you know, be harmful and it can, you know, cause more burning is should retinol be used at a certain time of year. Do you recommend certain amount of months? So there was some research, uh, that came out, I think it was about two years ago that showed that, you know, we always used to think 
that uh, two things really that retin-a was really broken down by the sun and two that it really increased your risk of sun exposure and uh, most of that research has shown um, that that doesn't really happen to such an extent so i tend to re recommend retinol or a retinoid based product all year long now it is difficult to use in the winter time mm. um, people tend to get dry you know they t as soon as they turn on that winter that that heat in their house it sucks all the moisture out of their skin so typically i will decrease uh, either the percentage of the retinoid that they're currently using or I'll have them maybe mix it in the palm of their hand with their moisturizer or even if they need to decrease to using it just a few times a, a week. Yeah, I was using it and I had the, the one percent and it was just too much and I could, the drying, the flaking came. So I, decreasing helped a lot by decreasing to a, a half percent or a you know, 0.375. So let's switch gears to skin cancer. I know this is a huge topic. One person dies of melanoma every hour, and it's estimated that 76,000 new cases of invasive melanoma will be diagnosed in 2017. So what are some of your recommendations for a foolproof plan to decrease the risk of skin cancer? How many times should someone come see you or a dermatologist? And what do you recommend to, to decrease the risk of, of burning and wrinkling? So I, I definitely recommend uh, full body skin checks. I think that this is your best uh, prevention um, against uh, skin cancer um, is kind of early, early notice. I recommend uh, head to toe skin checks, including the scalp. Also, it'd be a good idea to see your ophthalmologist um, yearly just to check for ocular or eye melanoma. Um, how often to do it? Uh, typically yearly, unless you have had a history of skin cancer or maybe a history of a lot of moles or atypical moles, you might want to consider doing it every six months. Um, when to start doing it, uh, your risk really increases around puberty. So uh, that's a good time to get a baseline unless, unless you've got a lot of moles or you have um, a increased family history of moles, you might want to get it sooner. Um, definitely in terms of skin cancer prevention, the, uh, the number one thing is it's just UV prevention, um, whether it be shade, you know, or protective clothing, um, you know, they've got so many great lines of protective clothing now that has the, it'll, it'll have on the label UPF, that's what you want to look for, it's great, um, or uh, sunscreens, and you, you definitely want to look for a broad spectrum uh, protection sunscreen with at least an SPF of 15. Um, an SPF of 15, if applied correctly, will block about 92% of your sun exposure. Um, you want to make sure you reapply your sunscreen every two hours and after water exposure. Um, mm. Self-scan exams are, are a good thing to do. You know, you want to look for a new or a changing mole. I often tell my patients, you know, melanoma doesn't have to be dark. It doesn't have to, to be a new black mole it can show up as a new pink bump and or it can be flat it doesn't have to even be bumpy um, but the number one uh, thing you can do in terms of skin cancer prevention you know to, to go back to uh, the tanning industry again is to, is to not do indoor tanning um, I tell my patients you know an alarming fact is that the indoor tanning increases your risk of melanoma by 60% Wow Wow. So hopefully that trend starts dying down. So let's talk about the skin sunscreen products because you know, I'm reading in the media that they can be harmful and the chemicals can pose risk on the skin and health. Uh, so can you shed some light on the over-the-counter sunscreen products and if you recommend them? Yeah, so where that, um, 
where that controversy kind of stems from, and I do I do label it as controversy, uh, the research is not great, but where it stems from is particularly two, uh, two ingredients in sunscreens. One is oxybenzone, and the other is retinol palmitate. Um, oxybenzone has been purported to possibly cause hormone disruption and cell damage. Uh, retinol palmitate um, was thought to maybe show an increase in skin cancer. Now, the research is very poor. The studies were not done in humans. They were done in mice or petri dishes or cell culture dishes. The, um, as of now, you know, the American Academy of Dermatology states that these sunscreens or sunscreens containing these ingredients are safe and no research shows uh, harm in humans. Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Uh, so, uh, you know, another big trend, and I gotta admit I've done this uh, many times for different events, and is the sunless tanner products, uh, the over-the-counter ones, are, are they safe, are they worth using? I mean, I guess the benefit is that you're not getting in the sun and getting that excess exposure. Uh, have you used them? I mean, is, is it something that, you know, it can be used and benefit? Uh, yeah, yes, Jim, I have used them before. <laughs> uh, a few years ago when I went to Florida during the middle of March, I was, I was very, very white. Um, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, so sunless tanners, um, they contain the active ingredient dihydroxyacetone. And uh, what that does is that stains the dead outermost layers of the skin. Um, there uh, was some potential uh, concern or it is some potential concern regarding the inhalation of uh, dihydroxyacetone or DHA um, in terms of causing possible asthma or lung disease, but the topical use of dihydroxyacetone is safe. Uh, one thing that I do always tell my patients is don't forget, you know, it doesn't confer any type of benefit. Uh, you know, you're not going to... Um, have any kind of protection against the sun, so you do still need to apply sunscreen. Hmm. So you'd recommend probably the lotion rather than going into the booths and getting sprayed down, which many of us done. Cor correct, correct. Okay. Well, so let's switch gears. We're here with Dr. Soderberg speaking about skincare health, owner of Coastal Dermatology, and we're going to talk now about nutrition. This is where I really feel that we can do a lot with food. So let's talk about specific nutrients. Obviously, we talked about topical uh, solutions for vitamin C, but vitamin C is a powerful antioxidant. It reduces free radical damage to skin cells caused by sun exposure. And a great way to get vitamin C is a lot of your fruits and vegetables. Of course, everyone knows oranges, but kiwis and strawberries, spinach, bells, peppers, and broccoli are all great forms. So I always recommend to try to get at least three to five vegetables a day and around two to four fruits a day. If you do that, you're going to get an ample amount of vitamin C. Another one is vitamin E. Vitamin E is known to prevent skin cancers, also reduce cell damage caused by skin exposure. So vitamin E can be found in your sunflower seeds and spinach and kale, eggs, uh, especially with the egg yolk, uh, asparagus and mangoes. And also, Kim, I know you can use it as a topical. Can you talk about vitamin E and what you recommend to use it for topical purposes? Yes, uh, vitamin E has a lot of um, topical benefits. Um, it helps hydrate the skin. So it helps hydrate the stratum corneum. It improves the, the water binding capacity. Um, it helps with eczema. We use it a lot for that. It may decrease uh, your risk of skin cancer. Um, so we use vitamin E for a lot of things. It helps with scarring. Um, I do like to always, and I recommend patients to 
pair it together with vitamin C, I find that the two work well together. That's great. So another fat-soluble vitamin is vitamin A, as it normalizes the skin functions, thickens and stimulates the dermis, and also reduces wrinkles while increasing blood flow. So some great vitamin A sources, of course, sweet potatoes loaded with beta-carotene. You're going to find vitamin A in your melons and your butternut squash, apricots, and uh, mangoes. You can find a good source of uh, vitamin A. So vitamin D, let's talk about this a little bit because there's often a huge deficiency in America with vitamin D. And of course, natural sun exposures always recommended. Uh, so what do you, what's your take on it? Do you feel that we should go out in the sun for a certain period of time a day to get the vitamin D? Um, no, I don't actually. I think that we should primarily get our vitamin D through our nutrition or supplementation. And the reason why is I think because... <clears throat> We're never perfect, you know, we're never perfect in terms of our sun avoidance or our sunscreen use. So we inadvertently get sun exposure throughout the day, whether or not we didn't use our sunscreen in the morning and we're now driving home and it's penetrating the skin window, or whether or not we put it on, but it's now been six to eight hours and all of that sunscreen has now been uh, degraded actually by the sun. So I think that we get enough um, sun exposure throughout the day for me not to recommend anymore, you know, especially knowing that UV radiation, uh, does, you know, it's, it's a carcinogenic. Mm. Now, what if you're in a part of the country that gets very little sun exposure, you still rec, you still think it's getting enough? Yeah, I still would recommend them using supplements and nutrition as their primary uh, vitamin D source. Can't argue with that. So a lot of your dairy products, of course, now you're getting calcium, uh, but vitamin D can be a great source to help out with your skincare health. Another uh, vitamin and uh, mineral is um, trace mineral. It helps reduce damaged tissues and provides the skin with a natural UVA um, and even helps prevent acne is, is zinc. And zinc you can find in oysters, which I love, um, and only 22 calories per oyster, which is a great protein source. Whole grains, you can get in seafood and mushrooms and legumes. So always recommend zinc, and, and you can get this if you're eating a, a variety of foods each day. Another one is the omega-3s. And, of course, more and more research is coming on omega-3s for heart health and anti-inflammatory effects, but it also can repair the skin and improves the cell wall function. Um, and you can find omega-3s is, of course, I think fatty fish. Everyone should be eating some source of fatty-ish one, fish one to two times a week. Walnuts, uh, chia seeds, and flax seeds can be a great, great way to get in your omega-3s. And I got to include exercise. Exercise is definitely proven to keep the skin looking and feeling healthy. Also gives us firmer muscles, so it actually looks good. And studies have shown that it reverses skin's aging um, when you're exercising later in life. So that's something that really, really recommend incorporating. Dr. Soderberg, that, this was amazing. I've learned so much about skincare, and I know uh, there's so many people wanting this information because they don't know what to do. So what are some last-minute tips you can give us to end the show? Thanks, so, uh, Jim, so much for having me on here. Um, just most importantly, to be cognizant of your skin health. You know, Get your skin regularly checked. Do uh, self-skin checks. Follow your moles. Know how many moles you have and what they look like. Maybe even have your... Your, your partner uh, take pictures and, and you know, uh, follow them. Uh, lastly, use your sunscreen.
Oh, that's great. If you want to hear more about uh, Kim Soderberg and her practice, you can go to vbcoastaldermatology.com. It's a great show, guys. Have a really, truly fit week. Stay healthy. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation. To hear more episodes, please visit jimwhitefit.com. Until next time, it's up to you to live really, truly fit.